Ian, do what I say. That's what the preacher says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're gonna, say, yeah. Everybody's smiling Christmas face. Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. Merry Christmas. Here we go. Bah humbug. <laughs> bah humbug. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we're going to look at uh, a lot of the Christmas stuff is in chapter 15. Um, coincidentally, when Jesus started chapter 15 with Helen, he, he, some of the major themes in the course that had not been introduced up to that point came along happened to be Christmas time and I'm sure uh, nothing's a coincidence with Jesus um, the whole idea of the holy instant holy relationships uh, the end of sacrifice um, the time of Christ all that stuff is synonymous um, pretty much the right side uh, the right-minded part of our of our being internally um, all that is going on in our right minds and can only go on in our right minds really the true meaning of christmas is the holy instant anytime we have a holy instant it's christmas time anytime we have a holy instant it's christmas time it's it's christ mass the mass of christ it's 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 that introduction into our own awareness <clears throat> that christ is a done deal that's our true identity as God's son and Jesus even says that he wants to celebrate the birth of that awareness in us with us not not just we celebrate his birth but he's celebrating the birth of Christ's awareness in us and we'll get to all those kind of references as an opening meditation I wanted is my sound all right I guess <laughs> nobody said anything yet <laughs> all right <clears throat> as an opening meditation I wanted to look at today's lesson 359 and tomorrow's lesson 360 they're all about peace <clears throat> peace on earth goodwill to men once again probably not a coincidence that these lessons happen at this time of year listen 359 and 360 they're on page 484 in the workbook page 484 in the workbook <clears throat> and uh i think we'll do lesson 360 first um, it pretty much talks about peace, mentions peace like six times in the lesson. And then we'll go back up and uh, also do lesson 359. So lesson 360 first. Um, Lynn Corona, you want to read that one? And, uh, <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll do mm -hmm. 360 all first and then 359. Sure. <clears throat> 360. Peace be to me, the Holy Son of God. Peace to my brother, who is one with me. Let all the world be blessed with peace through us. Father, it is your peace that I would give receiving it of you. I am your son, forever just as you created me, for the great rays remain forever still and undisturbed within me. I would reach to them in silence and in certainty, 
for nowhere else can certainty be found. Peace be to me and peace to all the world. In holiness were we created and in holiness do we remain. Your son is like to you in perfect sinlessness. And with this thought, we gladly say, Amen. Thank, thanks, Lynn. And Myra, would you please read 359, and then we'll get quiet. Yes, thank you. God's answer is some form of peace. All pain is healed. All misery replaced with joy. All prison doors are opened. And all sin is understood as merely a mistake. Father, today we will forgive your world and let creation be your own. We have misunderstood all things, but we have not made sinners of the holy sons of God. What you created sinless so abides forever and forever. Such are we. And we rejoice to learn that we have made mistakes which have no real effects on us. Sin is impossible. And on this fact, forgiveness rests upon a certain base, more solid than the shadow world we see. Help us forgive, for we would be redeemed. Help us forgive, for we would be at peace. Thanks. We'll get quiet for a little while. And gently, gently come back. <clears throat> um, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to just focus on this idea of the holy instant, what that means um, in respect to the Course, certainly what it means in, in uh, it's pretty much the synonymous equivalent to Christmas, having that experience of the Christ in us, that awareness of, of that is our true identity as God's son. And, um, and that's what Jesus is trying to get us to do through the whole course, through this process of forgiveness. So first we start with our brother. 
we start with being not at, at one point Jesus says just don't put me in a manger <laughs> don't put me in form but he does say uh, later on I think it's in chapter 24 we might get to that um, be willing to see me and your brother I mean that's where we want to start with this process our brother is the manger and our willingness to see the Christ in him beyond and letting go certainly and admitting first all of the judgments and condemnation we have about each other and then being willing to let that go and have a different experience of our brother let the Holy Spirit show us that that birth of Christ in our brother and in that birth in that rebirth if you will the time of rebirth we have the same experience the Christ in him is the Christ in us so that's you know I mean we you know I mean we, we celebrate it traditionally at Christmas time but I mean the gist of everything we're trying to do in the course is to have that experience all the time moment by moment and the way back is always to realize I've kind of thrown that awareness out the window and I must be hanging on to judgments now and at least I can admit some of those judgments and look at my brother a different way and in wanting to see and have a holy relationship with my brother internally at the level of the mind my mind to his mind his mind to my mind that's where Christmas takes place otherwise it's just forgiveness to destroy otherwise it's just christmas to destroy if you will i think in our <laughs> our first christmas seminar in uh, that we had as a school in colorado springs one of the big themes was christmas to destroy <laughs> welcome to a course of miracles <laughs> oh merry christmas <laughs> christmas to destroy you know, but i mean really i mean there's gratitude to destroy there's forgiveness to destroy there's healing to destroy there's Christmas to destroy. And certainly the way we get caught up in form with all of that stuff is just another version of that. Self-destruction, really. So uh, as an opening, I wanted to um, look at what we had in the post that went out. And this is on page 324. 324 in the uh, text. Section 10, The Time of Rebirth. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to look at um, paragraph 2 first, where he says, The holy instant is truly the time of Christ. The holy instant is an experience of Christmas. The holy instant is truly the time of Christ. Time of Christ is Christmas. For in this liberating instant, no guilt, no guilt is laid upon the Son of God. And God's Son's unlimited power is thus restored to him, to us. What other gift can we offer to Jesus and to each other? When only this, Jesus says, I choose to offer you. That experience. And to see me, to see me, meaning Jesus, is to see me in everyone and offer everyone the gift that you offer me. 
And then if you jump up to paragraph 1, line 5, paragraph 1, line 5, and I'm on page 324 in the text, this is the season when you would celebrate my birth into the world. Yet you know not how to do it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> We've been doing Christmases a long time. <laughs> what do you mean we don't know how to do it? You don't know how to do it. Let the Holy Spirit teach you how to do it. <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit show you how to see each other, see the Christ, the birth of Christ in your brother, and thus the birth of Christ in yourself. And then let me, Jesus, let Jesus celebrate our birth through him. Our birth. The Holy Christ child, the awareness of the Holy Christ child in me and in you gets reborn in me. That's the time of rebirth. That's the time of Christ. That's the resurrection. Any comments or thoughts so far about anything? Alrighty. And he goes on, <clears throat> line 8, The only gift I can accept of you is the gift I gave to you this awareness of, of that we're all Christ. We're all one Son of God. Release me. Forgive me. <laughs> Release me. Let go of believing I'm separate from you. Let go of believing you're separate from me. Release me as I choose your own release. The time of Christ we celebrate together, for it has no meaning if, if, we see ourselves apart, we see ourselves separate, we see ourselves as different. That's why shared interests are such a huge, huge theme in the Course, at the level of the mind. We either share the same interests of the ego, trying to separate and then blame it on somebody else, or we share the same interests of the Holy Spirit. We let go of doing crazy stuff like that. <laughs> we let go of believing crazy stuff like that. That's the time of Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. Lynn Corona, you got anything? You are you writing furiously about something? <laughs> <clears throat> no, no, I'm not, Jim. I just uh, my book opened to a page and I got very distracted by what it was saying. <laughs> Sorry. Don't you love it when that happens? <laughs> oh, I do. I, I do. I thought, uh oh, what's he trying to say? <laughs> he's, uh -oh. trying to, he's trying to tell me something. <laughs> it says there's another maker of the world, <laughs> the corrector, the simultaneous corrector of the world you made. There's another world. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Very good. All right. Thanks. All right, let's uh, back up to page 308. Page 308 in the text, and this is section 3, <clears throat> littleness versus magnitude. I'm on paragraph 7, 8, and 9 in page 308, on page 308. All right. David Dolplan, you want to read paragraph 7 and explain it to us, please? <laughs> Uh, you're on mute, Dave. I'm off. Oh, you're good. Can you hear me? Yeah. 
I can read it. I'm not sure I can explain it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Paragraph seven and eight. Uh, oh, well, heck, if you want to, sure. No, nah, seven. Just start, do one. Okay. Just explain one, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> In this season, Christmas, which celebrates the birth of holiness into this world, join with me, who decided for holiness for you. It is your task together to restore the awareness of magnitude to the host whom God appointed for himself. It is beyond all your littleness to give the gift of God, but not beyond you. For God would give himself through you. He reaches from you to everyone and beyond everyone to his son's creations, but without leaving you. Far beyond your little world, but still in you, he extends forever, that he brings all of his extensions to you as host to him. <clears throat> it's a lot there. <laughs> It is uh, sentence two is our task together to restore the awareness of the magnitude to the host whom God appointed for himself. It is beyond your littleness to give the gift of God, but not beyond you. If I see myself as ego and as little and as locked up in the world, I can't really give the gift that God appointed for us, which is the gift of love and forgiveness. But if I see myself in magnitude as the true son of God, then I can be the means to which the gift of love and forgiveness can be extended to a troubled and needy world. Yeah, that sentence kind of jumped out at me too. And you know, there's a place in the course where he says, do we want to be host to God, or do we want to be hostage, hostage to the ego? Right. So the idea that like we're opening ourselves up to be the manger, we're the manger at the level of the mind, not in form, certainly, but certainly internally, am I willing to be a host to let God come in and hang out for a while in my awareness? Which means, obviously, if I'm going to be willing to let that happen. Um, I, there's some certain things I have to let go of. <laughs> I have to let go of believing I'm not worthy to do that. And I certainly, initially, I have to let go of believing you're not worthy to do that. Because I can't be host to God unless I also see you as host, host to God also. Host or hostage. <laughs> What kind of choice is that? <laughs> uh, we were watching Matrix Resurrection last night, and, and there was a line in there like that. What kind of choice is that? <laughs> is that a choice? <laughs> no, not. You look at it like that. <laughs> of course I'm, we want to be host to God. I'm thinking back to that statement you read earlier where it said we don't know how to celebrate Christmas. We really don't, do we? We're just full of commercialism and... Uh, Santa Claus and reindeers and red noses and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. We don't know how to celebrate Christmas. 
Sunshine and lollipops. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever we do with the ego, it's going to be screwed up. <laughs> of course, we screwed up Christmas. <laughs> we do anything with the ego. <laughs> we do the course with the ego, it's going to get pretty messed up. <laughs> we do Christmas with the ego, it's going to be pretty messed up. And we came here to do the ego. So, I mean, we, that's kind of what we have to look at, not just that we're doing that, but the price we're paying for that. It's not a lot of joy. There's not a lot of peace. There's not a lot of all that good stuff Christmas talks about when, we, when we're willing to become a host for God. Yeah. Thanks, David. All right. Abby, you want to read one? Please. Paragraph 8. Is it a sacrifice to leave littleness behind and wander not in vain? It is not sacrifice to wake to glory. But it is sacrifice to accept anything less than glory. Learn that you must be worthy of the Prince of Peace, born in you in honor of him whose host you are. You know not what love means because you've sought to purchase it with little gifts, thus valuing it too little to understand its magnitude. Love is not little, and love dwells in you, for you are host to him. Before the greatness that lives in you, your poor appreciation of yourself and all the little offerings you give slip into nothingness. Yeah. My little offerings. Yeah, it, remind, it reminded me of the um, beginning of the text where he's telling Helen uh, um, you're asked to live so to demonstrate you're not an ego and I don't choose God's channels and uh, made me think this is part of, of going back to remembering that we are a channel for the magnitude and stop with the little gifts already <laughs> stop it stop it <laughs> yeah stop little, it. little gifts and little offerings well, at line five, you know not what love means because we're always running around trying to find love in all the wrong places in exchange for these little gifts. I mean, he's really talking about special love relation relationships there. Bargains, compromises. I'll give you a little something, you give me a little something. I'll give you a little attention, you give me a little attention. I'll give you a little appreciation, you give me some. But it's done from an ego point of view, meaning... Self-esteem is blown. It's shot. It's out the window. We're not the son of God. You're not the son of God. And we're not offering that to each other. Instead, we're offering some kind of special love deal. We seek to purchase love in all the wrong places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. Thanks, Abby. All right. Chris Jansen, you ready? All right. Paragraph 9, holy child of God, when will you learn that only holiness can content you and give you peace? Holy child of God, when will you learn that only holiness can content you and give you peace? I'll do it again, Chris. <laughs> I think that might have been Bruce's uh, trick, too. Just, you know... <laughs> 
keep reading it till it seeks in. Yeah. <laughs> Need I go on? Yes. Remember that you learn not for yourself alone, no more, no more than I did. It is because I learned for you that you can learn of me. I would but teach you what is yours so that together we can replace the savvy littleness that binds the host of God to guilt and weakness with the glad awareness of the glory that is in him. My birth in you is your awakening to grandeur, welcoming not into a manger, but into the altar of, to holiness, where holiness abides in perfect peace. My kingdom is not of this world because it is in you, and you are of your father. Let us join in honoring you. You must remain forever beyond littleness. Well, I think it's pretty uh, pretty clear. I had this uh, thought the other day about Santa Claus and how much uh, <laughs> how much as especially as kids that Santa Claus we make up is so real, even though it was a lie. Our parents probably told us most of us, but we just believed in Santa Claus so much. It was just that little willingness to believe in him that made it such a great feeling as a kid uh, to say nothing of all the presents that Santa Claus brought, but really that's what we were talking about back then. But I got me to thinking that if we can have that strong of a belief in something we made up, that's not true. How, uh, how much more powerful is something like the Holy spirit, which sometimes to me feels like that's made up. I, you know, I can't really believe this is true. But it is, and and it's just it's beyond uh, uh, belief sometimes. But it's to me, it's just like uh, kind of giving up Santa Claus for the real thing. I don't know if that had anything to do with the paragraph I read, but it was a, it was sort of an aha I was having at my tender age. Are you saying Santa Claus was part of the shabby littleness? Yeah. Yeah, yes, and especially, of course, materialism that comes with all that. We're thinking this is going to, that toy is going to make us happy. Uh, so, I mean, the happiest gift I ever got as far as a gift gift was from my grandmother. It was photoelectric football. I was age seven or something like that. But now it's kind of wearing a little thin. I, they don't even make them anymore. <laughs> I noticed uh Lynn's floor is full of those little gifts, as are is mine. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing wrong with them. It's just not the the ultimate. <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking. You know, the ego's gifts internally are sin, guilt, and fear. I mean, really, really. I mean, really, sin, guilt, and fear are it. And then externally, you know, in the world. The gifts, I mean, we talk about gifts like presents and stuff. But, I mean, it's your guilt that's the real gift to me because then I think I'm not so guilty. <laughs> so if I can make you guilty, that's a gift to me. I mean, it's gets pretty perverted and convoluted, to say the least. But it's still sin, guilt, and fear are alive and well, and they're the real gifts. It's just the other guy's sin, guilt, and fear is not mine. 
I mean, those are the shabby gifts we're giving to each other. <laughs> Sin, guilt, and fear. <laughs> Every time we do a special love relationship, we're offering a little bit of guilt to each other. We're not the son of God. <laughs> We're just trading guilt. <laughs> what do they call it? Guilt exchange. <laughs> son of God. That's great. <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, Lynn Corona. You know, Jesus really has a a hard sell to do here because you know he's telling us only our holiness will content us and bring us peace but holiness can't be seen it can't be heard and and you know the eyes uh, we, we really believe that what the eyes show us and what the ears hear are reality and we can see those things and we can hear those things. And <clears throat> this entire chapter is about holiness and making the shift from form into the only thing that will ever content us, which is our holiness. He started out in chapter one where he said, you know, the golden, the golden rule. The golden rule is that you look out from your holiness and you see the holiness of your brother. That's it. That's gonna that's gonna change everything. And that holiness is the only thing that will content us and give us peace. And yet, you know, it's can't and our function here is to usher in a world unseen, unheard, yet surely there. So to live our lives based upon holiness, which is all power power and glory. Um and make that shift from form and and then you know here it is you know we're we're completely surrounded in a world of form and we believe the the form that our brother takes is who he is and his behavior is who he is and so it it's quite a shift to make this and actually want to live in the holy instant in an unseen unheard world that's really there it's it's really there and the more we practice the more we realize that it's with us always you know so it's pretty interesting yeah when um as you were saying that i was thinking about the holy spirit doesn't even go and find other witnesses for the real world he takes the very things we were using to insist the real world is, isn't real. <laughs> and he, he takes those same things and he helps us look at those things differently. So it's the same relationships that were driving us crazy that he uses, the same people that he uses to become witnesses for the real world. And it sounds impossible because we were so sure they were witnesses for the unreal world. And we thought that was certainly very, very real. But I mean, we don't even have to do anything. We just have to invite that experience in spite of its seeming impossibility. I mean, we, and, and we do. We get so desperate that none of this stuff we're doing is working. All of this gossiping and, and backstabbing and, and, and judgment, judgmentalism that we carry all the time, it, it weighs too much. It hurts. There's got to be another way. And in, that, in seeking that other way, 
the Holy Spirit, once we invite him into the picture, takes the very witnesses for sin, guilt, and fear and shows us something else. It's an amazing process. <laughs> it's like total magic on a, or, you know, like magic on a scale that that's what the miracle is. It's something that seems totally impossible can actually happen. And when we allow that experience, when we finally go, you, you got to show me something else here. And, we, and we're willing to lay down our judgments about the other guy and ourselves for even a few seconds. And we invite another experience. That's the gift. The gift of forgiveness is laying down our judgments so we can experience the holiness in, in each other, in our brother and in ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Maya, please. Thanks, Lynn. Yeah, it just occurred to me that um, there are two gifts under my Christmas tree. One is uh, a gift from the ego. It's a boomerang. And it's the boomerang projection of guilt. And it's going to come right back to me no matter where I hurl it. The other gift is from the Holy Spirit. And it's also a boomerang. But it is the holy instant of forgiveness. And every time we send that out, it comes back to us. That's good. I, I think in the original Urtext, they called the Holy Spirit the Holy Boomerang. But that, that messed up a lot of people, so they had to take that out. But that's good. I like that. <laughs> Once again, is it a Holy Boomerang? A boomerang to destroy, or is it a Holy Boomerang? <laughs> right. It reminds me, you know, we've been looking at Nietzsche and, and one of his phrases is the eternal recurrence. It's like the eternal boomerang. You know, when we're caught in that guilt cycle, we throw out guilt, it comes right back at us. We throw out guilt and it comes right back at us. We throw out guilt and, and it's an eternal recurring cycle of, yeah, that's a good word, boomerang. <laughs> that's good. Thanks. Thanks, Maya. Anybody else on that so far? Javier, how are you doing this Christmas morning? You and Jesus tight this morning? <laughs> Hi, good morning. Yeah, I think so. Yeah? You got any thoughts or comments? Uh, nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, if you do, let us know. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Very good. Dave Van Dyke, you want to, let's move on a little bit. Uh, I'm on page 327. 327 and paragraph 2 and 3. Probably just do paragraph 2 for now, Dave, please. Okay, yeah, I can do that. And this is Christmas is the end of sacrifice, last section in chapter 15, page 327, paragraph 2. The sign of Christmas is a star, <clears throat> a light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within, and accept it as the sign that the time of Christ has come. He comes demanding nothing. No sacrifice of any kind, of anyone, is asked by him. In his presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning, for he is host to God. And you need but invite him, or him in, who is there already, by recognizing that his host is one. 
and no thought alien to his oneness can abide with him there. Love must be total to give him welcome, for the presence of holiness creates the holiness that surrounds it. No fear can touch the host who, God, who cradles God in the time of Christ, for the host is as holy as the perfect innocence which he protects and whose power protects him. Well, let's see, it just, I, I, it just reminds me of a, uh, one of the lines in the Course that says um, that if we, if we ask for a miracle, we, 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 we have to want it and we have to be, you know, 100% sincere about it, otherwise, um, otherwise we won't experience that. So, but at the same time, like he's saying, there is no sacrifice. So we don't have to worry about, you know, letting go of something that um, we think we, we think might be a sacrifice. It, it's all it's all contained in in the holiness that we're asking for. Yeah, I was thinking on a conscious level, like what you were saying is, um, especially in terms of special love relationships, it looks like I got to give up a, the little bit of love I think I'm getting in order to have what? <laughs> what What do I get out of this if I give up my special love relationships? Um, but the real, you know, I mean, part of the process of realizing what special love relationships are doing is that they're just it's a gift exchange of sin guilt and fear i mean that's all they are we're just waiting for the special love to go bad and how helpless and hopeless is that i mean it just it, it just it's the eternal recurrence of it's going to crash and burn <laughs> people die grandchildren become teenagers <laughs> i mean things go bad <laughs> climate change or whatever it is going on that it's pushing our buttons what was seemingly good at one point lets us down in form that's what form does nothing lasts in time and space everything has a shelf life so and i was shocked at how many times capital h host is in this paragraph this whole this running theme of becoming host to god is huge Host to God in line six, host, host in line seven, host again in line nine, uh, and more in line nine. The host is as holy as the perfect innocence which he protects. Becoming host, we become host to that, that, that perfect innocence. So a little willingness goes a long way. Uh... I'm not sure we're going to cover it or not, but he says, this is not about time. This is not about this is going to happen tomorrow. This is about a little willingness to do this right this second. And the only time we can really do this and be willing to do it is right this second in any given instant, in any given holy instant. It just takes a little willingness to open the door to let all this begin to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thanks, Dave. Christina. Yeah, well, I just tuned in to um, the sentence, no sacrifice of any kind of anyone is asked by him in his presence. The whole idea of sacrifice loses its meaning. So 
And some of you were on the call the other day where I was sharing about uh, early on um, in Sunday school being skeptical about this whole idea of sacrifice and uh, God wanting us to, you know, sac uh, burn up our little creatures, right? And it just threw me for a loop and stayed with me a very long time. And uh, of course, then we get to this idea that they present to me of the uh, Jesus being born about what this season is for, ultimately the sacrifice and the crucifixion. Of course, I'm just blown away. I'm like, <laughs> cannot reconcile this and could not for years and years. Um, the church, of course, encouraged me to ask questions, but always, always they wanted me to accept their answers rather than my own. Uh, and so I'm, I delight in hearing this because mm. that totally is about my relationship with Jesus and this course, who is our teacher here. Um, I To reconcile that and that relationship and see, see truly a brother and that um, that was just totally bunk. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm looking at that, you know. <laughs> I was right on, I was spot on, you know. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for this journey. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Christina. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of Elton John's song, It's No Sacrifice at All. I don't know what the rest of the song is. I think it's just a crazy love song, but it's no sacrifice. Yeah, and, and that, just the way he sings it. I mean, I think that's what Jesus is singing to us. It's not a sacrifice to invite me in. You're not going to lose anything. Well, you might lose sin, guilt, and fear, but that's not a, a horrible price to pay. It's no sacrifice here. The cost isn't great just to let me in and see what happens. Just to be willing to lay down our judgments about our, each other and ourselves for a little bit and, and allow this, allow ourselves, allow you to become the host of God, allow me to become the host of God. Oh, oh totally. I mean, I had to play on my own name to see. What, what's my name, right? Christina. The Christ <laughs> is in me. It's in me. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> Very good. Uh, now we're all going to change our name to Christina. <laughs> There's some form of it. <laughs> Christopher works too. There's a T after the S. Sometimes I get mail and it's only the first six letters of my Christopher name. So it makes me feel like I'm the Christ. Ooh. You guys are holy already. Oh my God. We, we are, Tim. We. <laughs> oh, we. Oh, Thanks. We. <laughs> Remind me. All right. Call me go. Jesus. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Call me Jesus. <laughs> Lynn Altman, you want to read paragraph three, please? Sure, thanks. This Christmas, give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. Let yourself be healed completely that you may join with him in healing and let us celebrate our release together by releasing everyone with us. Leave nothing behind, for release is total. And when you have accepted it with me, you will give it with me. All pain and sacrifice and littleness will disappear in our relationship, which is as innocent as our relationship with our Father and as powerful. 
pain we brought to us and disappear in our presence. And that without pain, there can be no sacrifice. And without sacrifice, their love must be. That's interesting that without pain, there can be no sacrifice. I don't know that I had um, linked those two together. Um, I mean, I just, I was gonna say, pain just is. I, I mean, I think I know that more than I know anything. Um, yeah, I have to just think about that a little bit more. I, I, I love that first sentence, um, give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. Um, that, that really in that, in that holy instant, there, there is no sacrifice because there's no sense of separateness uh, with anything or with anyone. I mean, they're just, it just isn't, it isn't there. Um, and, and when I, I was thinking this morning that I feel like I'm in a, I'm choosing kind of a limbo. I'm really afraid of the holy instant for more than just a, a flash here and there. And I'm really afraid of the world all the time. Um, so I'm, I'm not comfortable in either place. I can't accept what my eyes see. And I'm afraid of that vision that's beyond what my eyes see. And, and just there was something comforting about that. Because although I'm disappointed that I'm not beyond what my eyes see, I'm not fully identified with what my eyes see. So this kind of in-between place is perhaps where I can um, learn that asking for help will lead me in a direction that I, that I want to go. So um, yeah, that to, to, um, to be okay with right where I am um, feels, feels all right today. And these words are just so lovely today to point me in the direction that I'm, that I'm going but that I don't have to worry. It's like, I don't, um, <laughs> I was going to say, every time I pick up this book or come to one of these classes, I am giving the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt me because, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so lovely. And there is no sacrifice in that. When I come here, I'm not sacrificing anything. When I open the book and read a page, I'm not. So there is an idea that maybe it is that linking since I'm so identified with pain um, that I'm also identified with sacrifice. And it's that thought of having to give up something before I actually sit down and open my book or come to a class or, or do my daily lesson. It's the thought of what I'm going to lose. That's the problem. Yeah. So just even being aware of that, it's just the thought that I'm going to lose something. And uh, it's always just a thought of separation. That's the problem. Thanks. Thanks, Lynn. I was thinking when you were describing that in-between stage, it kind of reminded me of kind of like the first part of the process of being the lion. Like where we know this doesn't work, but we're not so sure we want to be the innocent child yet. And we're kind of caught trying to work that out, <laughs> figure that out. Or do, do I want to keep going? <laughs> I mean, I certainly don't want to stay where I'm at. And then that whole idea of, yeah, like the way you were saying, sacrifice, like if there's no pain, it's like cause and effect. If there's no effect, there's not a cause. So if there's no, if the effect is pain, 
but there ain't no pain and the Holy Spirit can show me that, then there's no sacrifice. Like, I didn't sacrifice myself as God's son. The pain goes away, the cause goes away, my belief in that cause goes away. So, I mean, I mean we're kind of retracing our steps. So, we, the first pain we felt was made up. So, we leave heaven, we make up this pain, because we believe we left heaven, of this horrible isolation. This, this uh, incredible, terrible feeling of being disconnected from our Father. That's the first pain. But that's all made up because it was all based on nothing. So once we, once we realize God didn't go anywhere, Jesus didn't go anywhere, and, and the pain begins to evaporate, then our belief in the cause begins to evaporate too. Oh, I must not be separate. Jesus didn't go anywhere. He still loves me. He didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Thanks, Lynn. Uh, Oris, and then Stephen, I think. I almost hesitate to share this, but it, ever since we had the lesson uh, a couple days ago on 182 about I will be still an instant and go home, and then ever since then, it, it's been a real, um, a real dawning. You know, we say the dawn, something dawns on us. Well, this is, today's the dawning, uh, the light. And I... I'm just having a whole new experience of understanding the course by doing this. And that's by, I know that this course is written as all in the male form, you know, and I, I've been fine with that, but I, I've been substituting and writing it to myself in the maternal form. And it has had a profound emotional and deep effect on me to read it that way. And I, like, for example, paragraph two, uh, the sign of Christ, Christmas is a star, and see it not outside yourself, but shining within. And then that sentence nine there in that paragraph, uh, no fear can touch the host who cradles God, that very maternal image. And uh, I've been referring, using all the pronouns as she and her and it's i know it's not supposed to make any difference you know but it does it makes a difference for me and it moves moves me differently and i'm not sure i have really been feeling much more of a sense of the light being born in me when i say it's from my mother you know and i can relate, relate to my mother and i don't know I almost feel like I'm I'm being a, I'm a big sinner to even talk about that with the course, <laughs> but I just thought it might be helpful to some people. You know, I mean, just to shake it up a little bit because it's so easy to even start hearing the, the words and uh, letting it go through one in one ear and out the other, and I think I'm getting it. But when I shake it up a little and change it around, and like you do sometimes. Uh, Tim, and you, you use the word me instead of us, you know, you know, you. And I think when, when we change it around and make it like I did with, with that lesson one about coming home, and I think about it was really moving to me because you know how that whole Christmas image of everybody going home for Christmas. And uh, so I've been thinking about that too and relating that to the Course and being home in the holy instant with my mother. Mm. 
Yeah. And, and I think it, it just, it really, really has helped me to hear it with new ears, but thank you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thanks. Thanks, Aris. Uh, I, I, watch, I watch these dodo, it's called dodo YouTube things. It's always about some animal being saved. So you watch these big burly macho guys, they pull over to the side of the road and they pick up this little kitten and, and it's crawling around on their shoulder. You know, it's kind of like, and you know, these big guys become mothers. <laughs> it's like, like cradling this little kitten that's running around on his shoulder. I mean, it's, it's really sappy, but it's really sweet. And it's just this whole idea that we're, we're willing to cradle God in, in that. And once again, going back to lesson 182, what we're really cradling and, and nursing is our awareness of our own innocence. Yeah, it's a really motherly thing to do. <laughs> it's a good thing to do. We're birthing. Yeah. We're birthing the light in our own self, the Christ light, mm. the Christ child, the light. And that's how, how paternal is that? That's very maternal. <laughs> you know, sure. that's very maternal. And uh, I think we, it just really, really does help me at least for a while that'll probably get old too but i i just <laughs> really helpful <laughs> yeah i know that feeling oh that's old <laughs> did that been there <laughs> yeah good thanks Aries. steven did you have something no you didn't darn well i'm going to make you read a paragraph because you look all ministerial <laughs> mm-hmm in fact, we have a picture from last year. You look just like that. Same tree, different shirt, I think. But it's probably the same tie. <laughs> Let Christ- me Christina had something, Tim. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to share with Therese that I did that too. And I, for a time, I walked with that. I also changed some of the wording around just to when they're talking like more in third person, I, I made it more personal and to me, it was just a stepping stone along the way to help me uh, with this identity um, that I have for for a while. And, uh, and now I'm back to um, just reading it as it is and just taking from it what the meaning that it has for me because I'm sort of beyond the words a little bit and reading them. So I think everything is helpful and that we are given permission because after all, this is just um, just one just one pathway to reach home. Oh, it was yeah, very comforting to me and helped. I was thinking when you were saying that it's like 1300 pages of Jesus trying to approach this thing from all kinds of points of view. <laughs> so why wouldn't we approach it from whatever's working for us? Yeah, exactly. That's good. Thanks. Whatever, get, whatever gets us home. <laughs> really? <laughs> we won't argue with that. <laughs> uh, page 328. I think uh, paragraph seven. You ready, Stephen? All right. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, Bruce had something a couple shares ago. I don't know. If he's still... Just. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, actually, I, I'm just sort of uh, appreciating all the comments that have been made. I'm, I'm just just wrote a little something that seems like it integrates it, and it, and it kind of reminded me. And and uh, when when Lynn Corona was talking about you, know, we're ushering in a world that's truly there. Um, but, but we don't, we can't see it or sense this. It's not, it's not a, 
you know, tangible thing, uh, but it's very real in our minds when, you know, we're done with the process, um, even though we're not certainly not done with the process. <laughs> but anyway, I was just thinking, in truth, the littleness and sacrifice and pain of the guilt exchange is impossible. And all, all the things that have that relate to the littleness and the separation and separate selves is ultimately impossible. And I, I looked up magnitude and it was bigness, hugeness, enormity. And, and that's, that's what our real identity is. And, and that's the only thing that is possible. And all the littleness is impossible. Even, I mean, we've got it like everything else, completely backwards and upside down and inside out. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That theme of littleness versus magnitude is huge, especially in this. Show. <laughs> I mean, pun, pun intended, right? Yeah. Right. Pun <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. Your 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 uh, comment about the big guys holding cats reminded me of the cat herding commercial. I, I texted it to you in case you. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right, cat <laughs> Good luck with that. So, page three twenty eight in the text, paragraph seven, please. Here we go. In the holy instant, the condition of love is met, for minds are joined without the body's interference. And when there is communication, there is peace. The Prince of Peace was born to reestablish the condition of love by teaching that communication remains unbroken, even if the body is destroyed, provided that you see not the body as the necessary means of communication. And if you understand this lesson, you will realize that to sacrifice the body is to sacrifice nothing and communication which must be of the mind, cannot be sacrificed. Where then is sacrifice? The lesson I was born to teach and still would teach to all my brothers is that sacrifice is nowhere and love is everywhere. For communication embraces everything and in the peace it reestablishes, love comes of itself. Thank you. That's really good. He's uh he's like a really good writer. I don't know. What do y'all think? I, mean, I got to page sixty-eight in the text, and I said, "What is this? Who writes like this?" <laughs> anyway, I called the foundation, and they said almost nothing. So that I I knew he write, wrote this. Uh, I I wrote down a, a couple things here as as we were going uh, a couple days ago, and uh, this is a really kind of. Uh, this is a miraculous thing uh, for me. A couple of days ago, uh, I turned to the page that says, you will see me as you learn the son of God is guiltless. Um, and it, uh, it brought, a, it brought a, a huge smile. And then it brought a little smile. And then it just brought that peace. Uh, uh, you will see me. That's in the holy instant. Uh, that's when that happens. And it's always the same. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, I promise uh, you will. See, I, I promise you will see Jesus. I, I personally promise that. And uh, it's as you learn the Son of God is guiltless, as we learn that uh, we're not separate. Um, I've, I've done. I got. I have a new affirmation. I've been saying the last few days. It's not real. I accept atonement for myself. And yesterday it worked phenomenally. Uh, not real huge on affirmations, uh, but I do them almost every day anyway. Uh, the second thing is. Uh, uh, I wrote down here uh, while y'all were talking uh, uh, about what Christmas is. Uh, for me, uh, in uh, th this is my definition, peace and joy and light 
that's Christmas. It's beyond the feelings. Because I have all these feelings, but it's not that. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so beyond that, that it's just like, eh, it's not that. It's, it's, it's an easy, and, 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 and what it is, is for me, uh, it's a gentle smile. That just is. You know, uh, God is, and we cease to speak. That gentle smile, it's there. And we cease to speak. So good to see y'all. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. Oh yeah, uh, the boomerang, right? My my favorite point of humor. Um, I would say my favorite joke, but it's it, it's you know, I, the joke doesn't seem to work uh, on on Christmas, but I, I think it's in the course a few times. Uh, this is my favorite joke of all time. Is uh, uh, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? A stick. <laughs> 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 some people really laugh and some people go what <laughs> good to see y'all love you bye <laughs> uh, uh, oh yeah sacrifice <laughs> that was good thanks steven um so uh, you know it, it, i mean he's not trying to be hard on the poor body here he's not you know i, I mean if if we're in the martyr thing and then we're into like basically persecuting our poor body that makes the body as real as you know he's not talking about sacrifice of the body per se it's believing where a body period is the sacrifice we sacrificed our identity as god's son and now we think we're a body whatever's happening with the body a good body a bad body a healthy body a sick body a covid body a vaccinated body an unvaccinated body I mean, they're all bodies, for God's sake, and, and they're insisting we're not the Son of God. And bodies do terrible things to other bodies. So we take all that pain we're feeling and we get to blame it on somebody else and not go back to the real source of the pain, which is we threw God out the window, or we thought we did. That's the pain. Home alone. Internally, we think we're home alone. That's why that movie was so great. <laughs> The title alone was archetypal, archetypical. Actually, I mean, we're all we all think we're home alone. <laughs> yeah, very good. Thanks. Hey, Duke, where are you? I saw you a sec. Oh, there you are. Hi, Duke. <laughs> Welcome. You want to read one, Duke? Paragraph eight on page three twenty nine, please. Sure. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Paragraph eight, let no despair darken the joy of Christmas, for the time of Christ is meaningless apart from joy. Let us join in celebrating peace by demanding no sacrifice of anyone. For so you offer me the love I offer you. What can be more joyous than to perceive we are deprived of nothing? Such is the message of the time of Christ, which I give you that you may give it and return it to the Father who gave it to me. For in the time of Christ, communication is restored, and he joins us in the celebration of his son's creation. Any comments, Duke? Um, yeah, I like the line, what can be more joyous than to perceive we are deprived of nothing? 
Um, and that's the, the gift realizing we're a mind, um, not a body that is born and dies. Any comments about that word communication? Like what's he talking about there? Christ's communication is restored. Yeah. Um, trying to think of the words. Um, communication is uh, it's of the mind. It's not uh, not the brain, not the body. Um, communicating that uh, uh, we're one. Yeah. Not sure how to articulate that. <laughs> because it, yeah right it's kind of a wordless thing we offer to each other this awareness of holiness i mean that's, i mean communication of the course most of the time when he uses the word is not about what we're doing here <laughs> talking to each other on the screen it's about what's going on internally in the mind and that that awareness that we're sharing with each other so if i'm sharing the awareness in my mind that we're separate and we're in pain and it's your fault <laughs> then that's what i'm going to get back the old boomerang effect but the communication you know is always a, in the mind in the course yeah right uh bruce and lynn did you have something lynn but yeah. go ahead first bruce i, I was just gonna say jesus's router <laughs> never needs rebooting so <laughs> I know I hate them. <laughs> no, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> right. Thanks, Bruce. Lynn, Corona, did you have something? Yeah. Um, back to the, I'm still hanging with the idea of, um, you know, sacrifice and, and how we sacrifice and why we sacrifice and how that is all tied in. And if I, if I believe that I'm a body, I'm lacking. <laughs> I'm lacking. And I can't help but sacrifice the brother in front of me and make a sacrifice of him in order to fulfill my my lack, my need. Um, and that's just an automatic until there is the acceptance of this perfect communication that's going on all the time. And my holiness is looking out from within at your holiness. There, there can't be any sacrifice there. But if I believe I'm a body, then that's what I'm going to be up to unconsciously. Um, but I'm going to place between you and me, I'm going to place between you um, my needs and how am I going to get my needs met? And it's just going on all the time until we realize that perfect relationship, the true relationship of holiness to holiness. And um, yeah, so that was the connection I was making with sacrifice. How, how come we sacrifice, you know? 
uh, and and the joy thing, the joy factor too. Um, you know, we can't help but be joyful if we know we're in perfect communication and nothing is lacking between us. We can't but be joyful. And if I'm not, I can't be anything but over here singing my dirge and sacrificing my brother to my dirge. You know, he has to put up with my lack of joy <laughs> constantly, you know. So I think it, it gets to a point where it's, boy, it's one or the other. You're either joyful or you're not, or you're either seeing or you're not, or you're either, you know, in communication or you're not. And there's, there ain't no in between, as they say. One or the other, what's going to be? I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, like gossiping or whining, and you especially get somebody to whine with you, it's, it's we're dirging together or whining together. <laughs> Let's dirge together. Yeah. yeah, and don't tell me I'm not sac making sacrifices there. You know, I, I want you to join me in my suffering. You better. <laughs> You're out of here. I'll find somebody who will. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Duke. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Lynn. Myra, you waving? Yes. I always like to use synonyms. So for communication, I always like to use the word prayer. And then for me, the best description of communication and prayer is in the Song of Prayer, where he says very simply, it's the song that the Father sings to the Son and the Son answers to the Father eternally, their gratefulness, their joy, and their love. And that's it. And that's yeah. so beautiful. What could you ever say about that? That's communication for me. Yeah. yeah. It's not a dirge. <laughs> That's good. Thanks, Myron. Lisa Roberts. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Um, so communication, I, I was thinking about this. Um, <laughs> about 20 years ago, I went to the Association of Research and Enlightenment, <clears throat> the Edgar Casey Institute, as some of you might know it. And I took a, a psychic development class there. And the purpose of the class was to learn how to touch or experience, not touch, but experience what we can't touch, what we can't see, what the non-physical is. And, um, and it, it reminds me of that movie, uh, what was it called? The Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis. You know, I can see dead people um, where he reaches out to talk to this young boy who's also passed away. And and so when I'm thinking about, you know, the communication um, in the course, I'm thinking that's, you know, I can take what I learned 20 years ago and leverage that to the course to say, this is the same communication, only I'm reaching out to to the Holy Spirit, to Christ. And I'm um, experiencing without touching, without seeing. Um, it's almost that sixth sense of touching the Holy Spirit. And, um, I, you know, I remember when I had a couple of relatives and friends that passed away. Um, right after they passed away, 
I knew they were in the room. <laughs> the one was in the room with me. I, I could just sense it. And it, there was that communication between someone who is gone. And, and I remember listening to one of Ken's CDs and he said, he said, just because someone died doesn't mean you can't communicate with them. And, uh, you know, it's it goes back to what we don't uh, touching and talking and experiencing that sense of, of holiness uh, that is within us. Um, and, and many times when I have asked for help, um, I, I have used that to sense, oh, here's the answer I've been given. And uh, I think I've said this before, it's not a voice that comes through, but it's just a knowing. It's a knowing with uh, people who have passed. It's a knowing when I hear Jesus tell me, here's what I want you to do. Um, And I remember it was January of 2019. And, you know, everybody's going through their New New Year's resolutions. Oh, here's what I'm going to give up. Here's what I'm going to do for the new year. And I remember one morning laying in bed and asking Jesus, what is it that you want me to do? What is my New Year's resolution? And it was very clear. And I heard this this knowing. And he said, read. (laughs) That was it, read. And I knew exactly, exactly what. Uh, And it was this course. So... Point being, when we, when, when we have this communication, it, it's, um, you know, you really have to quiet your mind and just listen internally to what's coming through. Because, you know, Jesus was right when he wrote this and he said, this is not, not of the body, not at all. It is strictly of the mind. And when you quiet that, you, you can hear this uh, information coming through. So thank you. Uh, and Happy Christmas to everyone. Thank, thanks, Lisa. Yeah, I, I th- part of the, you know, we describe that knowing, that, that feeling we get when we were in, and certainly certainty and surety, they're, they're a part of that knowing. There's a, there's a certainty to it. I know they didn't go away. I know they didn't die. I know this is the right way to go. I know this course is actually working. I'm certain there's a certainty to it. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Lisa. Angela, you want to read paragraph nine, please? Uh, Tim, I think you know. Jean had her hand up. Oh, okay. Not yet. <laughs> Go ahead, Jean. Uh, okay, I guess I'm just going to backpedal a little bit. So I'm kind of going to take you kind of on a mind Uber with me because as we've been here today, it's been interesting. So when Ari started to talk, I could just feel the gentleness of this morning, my husband and I were listening to Christmas music and the song, Mary, Did You Know? You know, so the gentleness of all of that. So that's all so part of that. So that's lovely. Thank you today. And then, Stephen, when you were talking about a boomerang, I kid you all not. This morning, my husband and I were talking about our grandson and him going to the park with a boomerang. And my husband threw the boomerang and he said to my grandson, you know, go, go look at it. And then he realized it was coming back at him. And he was like, no, no. And so it hit him in the head. And he came home and my husband said to him, don't tell Nana, don't tell Nana. Well, what do you think that young boy did? Told Nana as soon as he walked through the door. And then Stephen, I have to tell you, this morning on a, on a Zoom call, 
my grandson, who used to love to tell jokes, he's 27, told that joke about the boomerang. What's a boomerang that doesn't come back? I mean, so our communication, our love communication here, thank you all today. It's just, it's just amazing. Thank you. So I'm sorry, I kind of backpedaled. <laughs> no, that's really good. <laughs> so it was your grandson that got hit in the head. Is that right? <laughs> Man, those things are, I mean, I don't, I never understood how you were supposed to catch that thing. You cut your hand off. <laughs> And my and my husband has brought it up north here and wrapped it for him because he's coming in from Portland. <laughs> but oh, tell me, really tell me that communication that, you know, we, we can laugh about it in something worldly, but look at how beautiful it is today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yay. Thanks, Gene. That's great. Thank you. All right. Okay, Angela, I think we're good. Please. All right. Yeah. God offers thanks to the holy host who would receive him and lets him enter and abide where he would be. And by your welcome, does he welcome you into himself? For what is contained in you who welcome him is returned to him. More boomerangs, huh? <laughs> and we but celebrate his wholeness as we welcome him into ourselves. Those who receive the father are one with him being host to him who created them, and by allowing him to enter, the remembrance of the Father enters with him, and with him they remember the only relationship they ever had and ever want to have. Well, that's very nice. It's very encouraging. Um, I mean, all I have is a little bit of willingness. I don't have, um, I don't have that certainty at all. Um, but I can allow. A little bit um so that's that's okay yeah it's good that's what we all start with <laughs> yeah. yeah very good thanks thanks angela i guess we should wrap this up oh my rebecca you ready to read please <laughs> hey are we gonna read and then pause for Oh, you want to talk first, then read, then we'll get quiet. I mean, you want to, you have any comments? <laughs> no, not really. Well, except I do. Yes. I wanted to share. I've, this isn't really, I, I've been thinking about this song. So I grew up in the eighties and I had this cassette, this cabbage patch Christmas cassette. And um, the, the song went, um, we're all one family at Christmas a time to love and to give. Why don't we try to make Christmas every day that we live? Mm. And um, I tried to find it this morning and I couldn't find it, but the words are stuck in my mind and they keep coming. And I just wanted to share that. And Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is the time in which a new year will soon be born from the time of Christ. I have perfect faith in you to do all that you would accomplish. Nothing will be lacking and you will make complete and not destroy. Say then to your brother, I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. 
I know that you will be released unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I choose your release because I recognize that we will be released together. So will the year begin in joy and freedom. There is much to do and we have been long delayed. Accept the holy instant as this year is born and take your place so long left unfulfilled in the great awakening. Make this year different by making it all the same. And let all your relationships be made holy for you. This is our will. Amen. Thanks, and we'll get gently quiet for a little bit. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks everybody for helping me, helping all of us get this far together. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay I, I had one thing that I wanted to say. Okay, uh, David. All, all through this, I kept thinking of the of the Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And Phyllis Brooks said, Oh, Holy Christ of Bethlehem, be born in us today, cast out our sin and enter in. And I think that... Uh, he didn't even have the course, and he got the word. Dang, that's good. <laughs> Very good. Alrighty. Whew, what a ride. God, Abe, you're looking like Jesus. You're all white with a white background. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank Merry you, Christmas. Christmas. Thank Merry Christmas, you. everybody. Yes. Thanks. Happy Thank you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Christmas. See you in the new year. <laughs> <laughs>